and things, books and things, books and things, books and things, books and more things. Welcome to Books and Things. Judith is back. Hello. Hello, Judith. You want to tell us about your hangover adventures? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was bad. I was supposed to be here, but I mean, Jessica did a great job. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. It um, worked out. Yeah, it did. It was good. Um. All right. So I just because you we want to kind of get your thoughts, me and our Jessica. three <laughs> and Jessica and our three other listeners. Uh, quick recap. Did you like Night of the Mannequins? Did you read it? I did. I, I really liked it. It was very campy. OK. I do have to agree with you, too. But I thought it was cute because like you're like, what the fuck? And then you're just like, I was him the whole time. Yeah. Like he's the murderer. Yeah. Okay. It, and it just went by fast. And I was just like, cool. Yeah. OK. And then um, what is it? The, the Southern. Southern. The Southern. Georgia. Book Club's Guide to Killing Vampires. I want to say Georgia because of the peach. <laughs> yeah. But did you like it? I did. It was one of, um, I know I had told you, I want to read this one. It was just like a random book I found available on Libby. Yeah, and it was good. I liked yeah. it. So it, was, uh-huh. it was like, it was cute and it was fun. I didn't think it was going to get gruesome at some points because mm-hmm. like throughout the book, you're just like, oh, okay, ha, ha, ha. And then mm-hmm. the, okay, just to mention it, for me, it was the part when she was in the, the attic, attic. Uh, and the dead body, and then there was, like, bugs on her or something like that. Oh, that yeah. was the worst. That that little scene, if anybody reads it, read it just to get to that scene. Yeah. And, like, my heart was, like, racing. It was vain. Like, I wanted more of that throughout the book. Yeah. I didn't, um, when I first started hearing it, I was like, oh, it's not going to get bad. And then... And then they got yeah, mad. and I and I like how all the women just spoilers here. All the women at the end come together and like kill a vampire, <laughs> and they're all vampire. they're all like middle aged women. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool. It was it was a really good book. I really did enjoy it. Um, it talks about like race and um, mm-hmm. the privileged um, ness that they have as yeah. white, you know, Southern women. Yeah, yeah, I I like that too. Um, and then last week's book, the moon over the the midnight snow. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Did you like it? I did like it. Did I finish it? No. No. (laughs) How, how, how far did you get? I think I had like two hours left, but then like by the time I was going to finish it, I listened to the podcast and I was like, I I already know what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. So did you, just so that I know, spoilers again out there if people haven't read it. It's Moon of the Crusted Snow. I was close. <laughs> um, did you know he was going to be a cannibal? N- no, I didn't. Um, once um, he was like, once they were like, why is he getting fat? And we're all like, yeah, shriveled up. I was like, hmm. <laughs> It was, yeah, I was like, because like even reading throughout the book, I was like, damn, like, what do you do in that situation? Right. Like it's snow, like you can't harvest. 
Yeah. They're not prepared to harvest. They can't hunt. They, it's yeah. harder to It's hunt. harder to hunt. Um, as well as I know they don't want to like use their guns and stuff to mm-hmm. attract other people mm-hmm. from coming in from like the inner cities and stuff. So like they had a an advantage in that way. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was a really good book. Okay. I know we tried so hard for November indigenous books. I know. And I I mean with our now jump into our book which we're doing now which is um Firekeeper's Daughter by let me get it for you, Angeline Bowley. Mm-hmm. I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um and uh, what what should we name this out of? Out of fi- fire? Ooh, I like that. I like that. Um, I would give it a, like a four out of five fireballs. Me too. It was like a um, it was like a mid like a, a what do you call it? Like it's not an adult, or is it an adult? Okay, so this book and it's one of my points. So thank you, Judith. So it's considered a young adult, which. I don't know. It's weird because like some people consider young adult kind of like a coming of age. So it's like Mm -hmm. between I would say like 15 to 18. Mm -hmm. But I think this has a lot of um, very adult topics. Yes. So I would consider if it's young adult, it's more like that 18 to like 30, like like that younger, like you're in college. Right. And so just trigger warning, there's a lot of uh very hard topics so there's uh drug trafficking sexual assault um drug abuse murders so it's um there's racism in it there's a lot of things so just trigger warnings with this book but i i really enjoyed it and so um i just wanted to start off by after i read it i went and i like researched a little bit so Erin Reads, she's like, she's a Instagram person, Erin Reads. She is a, I believe, a Native American. Um, and she did a little bit of a review on this. And what I, what stood out to me was that this book was for Native American people. It's not, it was not written to explain to white people. And so I liked that because the audio, I think, was, it was so good. Yeah, it because was there's parts where they're speaking in the Ojibwe um, native language, native language, and it they don't. Ex- I don't think they explain to you, but I don't think it's so vital that you you're gonna miss a big part of the plot. But it's like, well, if you understand, good for you, like great, and if you don't, too bad, so sad. We're gonna keep going. Yeah, and I liked I liked that. I wasn't mad. And I thought it sounded so beautiful. I was like, I would stop and be like, ooh, I wonder what they're saying. Yeah. Um, so Erin reads again on Instagram, she mentions like it's it's for Native American readers and um people that you know, they're not explaining to you anything. It's like you're kind of diving into the traditions and culture. Well, and like that's one of my things too. Like, it's not our job to explain anything to anyone. Yeah. Like, like, if you want to know more about it, research, take this little like sentence that, you know, maybe it mentions like, oh, we were going to the powwow and you're like, oh, what's a powwow? Oh, what's a powwow? Yeah. They're not going to explain to you what a powwow is in the book. It's now your job to then go research what it is. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. OK, so we're going to start with our main character. Her name is um, Dunis. Dunis. 
Fontaine, and she is a biracial American 18-year-old with a white mom and an Ojibwe. Am I saying it wrong? Maybe. Ojibwe. Ojibwe. Yeah. I just saw it. I literally wrote it down. I'm looking at it. Ojibwe father who is, he's uh, he's dead. He's passed away. And so she's like split between these two communities, which at first I didn't know where this was located. <laughs> and then like after I read Isn't it. Isn't it in Canada? Yeah. It's like Canada, but I think she crosses over um, to Michigan. Yes. So she's like going back and forth and they call like... Um, the Sugarland Ojibwe tribe. So it's like a little, um, it's like separate because they take a little ferry. Did I get that right? Yeah. Um, and so it's, she's our main character and she's like struggling with this like identity of, um, I think she mentions even like with her grandmother who's from the Ojibwe tribe would do something to her ear to like make her earache go away. And then on the other side, they'd be like, oh, <gasps> You know, because it's like not modern medicine. They'd yeah. be like, oh my gosh. And they would want to like have her stay away, which I I was like, that's not cool. But, you know. And then she also does struggle with, um, again, identity because she is lighter mm-hmm. than, because I think at one point in the book, she says my ivory skin. Yeah. So she's very, very like light skin. Right. To be, um, you know, Native American and like her... Her cousins, um, I think like her aunt gets mad at her for one time, like one time she goes, you know, just take your privilege and like run with it because Mm -hmm. my daughters will never, um, you will never have to go through any of the things that my daughter will, my daughters will have to go through. And I'm just like, yeah, yep. It's true. And that that goes with like within a lot of different racial communities. Like you see that with the black community. Like if you're lighter, you tend to have you you're seen different within your own community. And same thing in like a Hispanic or Latinx culture. Same thing. Yeah. Which sucks. It's like, why do we have to attribute your light skin color? Like the lightness of it. It's better. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It it really is. um, Because. Like, it doesn't attribute to, like, who you are as a person. Right. Like, at all. Mm Mm-hmm. So, um, and then we kind of, just a little backstory on, like, her, she has a half-brother named Levi, Mm -hmm. but there was, like, some drama mentioned, so, like, her, her mom was with her dad, and then I think something happened, she catches him cheating on her who is now Levi's mom. Yeah, so so the mom found out that she was pregnant. Um, What's her name? The main character? Um, Duna. Duna. So she um, she goes to the dad. Not Duna, but the Duna's mom. She goes to him, and they're at a party, and he's, like, blackout drunk. Mm-hmm. And that night, she was going to tell him, like, hey, I'm pregnant. But that's mm-hmm. when she catches him having an affair with another lady and she just happens to get pregnant that night too yeah and i think um later it's revealed that the mom got him drunk on purpose yeah levi's mom because she wanted to have him and i and and she's from the tribe yeah so now you have levi and dunas who are like they're half siblings but then you also see where like she has she's half american not half american yeah she is and then you have um Levi, who is full native. 
So, mm-hmm. like, even that's going to cause some issues, which later it kind of does. Um, so, and and Levi is, um, I forgot what it's called, but he's, like, a full member of, like, their tribe, whereas Dunus is not, because I think the dad didn't put his name on her birth certificate. And so, um, to be part of the tribe, you had to be, you had to show that. You had that he was your your father. <clears throat> it's either like you have to have like a certain percentage of like blood lineage mm-hmm. or DNA right. uh, lineage, but it, then it was hard for them to test it because they're like, oh, like how how do we know that you really are? Mm-hmm. Um, and but if she can prove that that's her dad, then that just gives her like kind of full immunity to like be part of the yeah. So community. and through the book, <clears throat> she's like trying to like she's not trying to, but she happens to be able to um like contest that and like show i think her her grandma and her aunt and like somebody else like an, um her best friend's grandma i think lily's grandma uh, signs like kind of like a little petition in a way to be like we we take her in as our member of our community so she's eventually able to become um a full member of their tribe okay Whew. so now that we know a little bit about dunas um, she has her best friend Lily, and Lily, she's has a boyfriend who's like on drugs, and we start to see that within their community, there um, it's like drug infested. There's um, people have died or are dying of a drug overdose, and or experiencing really weird side effects due to the drugs. Yeah, and so um, kind of through her best friend's situation she gets involved in dunas gets involved in like a police investigation which i thought was really cool and this is like part of the synopsis i was like oh this is gonna be interesting now i will say for myself i don't think i'm a big fan of this kind of thriller like this like drug and like like cop and thing storyline i don't think i'm a fan i'm not a fan either. that's why i took off the like the four <laughs> out of five like because i like a thriller and which we know through this it was journey it was, that i like it was a little cheesy like that aspect of oh now i'm in this drug bus oh i think i love you and i'm just like no. i think for me it was just for me it was just the drug bust aspect of it i'm like mm, i don't know so <laughs> so basically they're all like at a at a party and Lily is supposed to meet Dunas there. And I want to say it's like out in the forest kind of and she hears arguing. She goes over and basically her Lily's boyfriend has a gun, ex-boyfriend. Ex-boyfriend has a gun and he's you can tell he's like high on something. And there's like a little scuffle and basically he shoots and he shoots Lily and she dies. Um, At the same time, we're introduced to a character named Jamie and he's like a new guy. And it kind of gave me 21 Jump Street vibes. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't get that, but now I do. I see it. And, And Jamie's like, he's like this new cute guy and he starts to flirt with uh, Dunas. So like when when this whole thing happens he protects her yeah he's like oh my gosh we gotta go we gotta go and um he takes her and there's this like basically jamie is an undercover cop 
and <laughs> now I can think about no, is Shannon Tatum. Yes, and that's why I'm laughing. Um, he's a, it's supposed to be a serious story, and I feel like we just, you <laughs> just, just made it comical. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, and he he's an undercover cop with another guy named Ron, who I think poses as like a teacher, his uncle, or something. His uncle, something like that. But he's a yes, a teacher, and they're like FBI agents or whatever freeze and so they're gonna keep up this ruse that jamie is her boyfriend or like they they're dating while duna starts to look around and kind of start to infiltrate and find out who is like the drug crew yeah who's selling it where is it coming from who's making it because it's meth meth is the one that's yeah and on top of that not only is it meth but they're like um, what's it called? Spiking it with like some of the um, mushrooms around from that area. Yeah. So like her role is just because she's also like an herbalist, I would mm-hmm. say. She's a chemist. Yeah. Yeah. Who like she, uh, she wants to be a doctor, but she like it's that thing like she wants to study modern medicine, but she just has all of these roots from these native ways that mm-hmm. she truly believes in and is fundamentally involved in them yeah so um they're like you know you're gonna be a great advantage because like now you can see like what kind of herbs are around here that you know your tribe uses because like there's a lot of things that they were talking about that i had no idea mm-hmm. of um but she was like oh yeah like i can totally like research which kind of herbs are they might be using to spike this um what is it Marijuana? meth <laughs> I don't know drugs. <laughs> I, know. I, I always get them down. confused. It's meth. Meth. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, like I said, one of the things that is what basically caught them, like made a huge like ding, ding, ding. Like we should go check this out for like the FBI. It's because a large group of like, it's not even them ODing because they mm-hmm. really don't care about that. It's them having a, uh, what's it called? A unison kind of hallucination. Because, like, it was, like, four hockey boys took the drug, and they all were hallucinating the same thing at the same time. Right. Which is, like, that they weird. Were like, yeah. So, they are like, what the heck? So, like, that's why. That's the only reason they came in. Yeah. Um, Unfortunately, that's kind of sad. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, as we know and how we've read past indigenous author books i mean even the last one we just read it mentions how like drug abuse and alcoholism like is pretty rampant in the indigenous community and it's not it's not always like there's not a lot of support i think Mm -hmm. so um so basically uh dunas becomes a confidential informant is what it's called um and through this like this is where I think you say it gets cheesy and I think a good chunk in the middle is about them like falling in love. Yeah. And I thought it was sweet and cute. No, I, I thought it was weird. Um, Maybe because I'm I feel like that after whatever book you do, I'm going to do a romance. Like, I feel like I need to I need a little romance kick because we haven't had any. No, like it was weird. <laughs> he was 22 and she's like 17. She's 18. She's 17. She's her birthday is in October. She's gonna turn 18. No, she's she, 18. Are you sure? Yes. Okay, what's the cutoff for her to turn in her application to like be part of the community? 19. Oh, fuck. Okay, she's 18. That's still fucking weird. Well, no, because. 22, Okay, fine. No, because I was 19 and like, Alex was 22 when we met. No, because I'm thinking she's still in high school. 
No, she's a, she's she's in college. She's you're, in her first year of college. Right, you're right. Never mind. I don't know. <laughs> um, but but it it was a little cheesy and like off putting compared to like what was going on around. Yeah. Um, I know we we got really loud. We're very passionate about this. <laughs> um, and so uh that's happening then there's like two more deaths of two more women yeah and one of the things she said well at the beginning we find out that her uncle died yes then her grandma had a stroke Mm -hmm. and one of the reasons she stayed in canada u.s whatever was because one of i think her grandma told her that um bad things happen in three Mm -hmm. so the third thing that happened was lily yeah yep that was really sad and the ending when she's like her friend was there with her i was like oh my gosh stop i know (laughs) um yeah so and so then what uh, what ends up happening we find out too that like heather i think it was heather or robin one of the one or the other um what tends to happen is these women go to like a a doctor for some a Sur- not a surgery like a simple pain or whatever and they get prescribed prescribed hardcore drugs yeah because um and she get one of them gets addicted to it i don't remember if it was heather or robin or both i think it was heather um but they, they were get, both in the hockey team and they both got injured on their shoulder right and i think um her grandmother said her or her aunt. aunt said don't take any drugs she said you're gonna be on advil and like some teas yeah and where her friend Heather ended up becoming addicted to, like, painkillers. And then through this drug ring, like, was able to get drugs. Um, Isn't that scary? Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember when... Because I think they gave her ambient mm-hmm. for her, like, shoulder wean. Because, like, I remember when I got my wisdom teeth taken out. Mm-hmm. Um, they gave me Valium. Mm-hmm. And I remember taking one and I was like, nope. Because, like, I didn't, like... Because, like, one of the things, like, I don't like how drugs make me feel. Mm-hmm. And, like, that was a prescribed drug that yeah. I did not... Like, it made me so woozy and whatever. So, like, I remember I, t- I was telling my mom, like, I don't want to take these. Right. And I was like, just give me Advil. And I would just sleep it off because, yeah. like, I didn't like it. But, but then you have those people who are like, wow, I really like this. Yeah, or, like... Maybe because, like, you don't like losing that, like, sense of control. But there's some people that, like, maybe like to take the drug and like to feel just like they're drifting away. Like, oh, all my cares and worries are, like, kind of melting. And so they take it. And it becomes an addiction. And from what I think I know just, like, of general knowledge, and I might be wrong, I think meth is one of those drugs that if you take once, you can become highly addicted from the first dosage. Yeah, but you can never get the same height you got the first time, and that's what people are looking for. So they're always looking for something stronger. Yeah, and that alone scary. is scary. Like I, th- and I will never touch meth. I mean, I won't touch drugs, but like, <laughs> but just to know that like meth is one of those where like you take it once and you can just be addicted for the rest of your life is like, <gasps> I don't think like I, that's the scary part for me. Like I, I can't imagine being dependent on something. No, 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 no. I cannot lose control. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. So, um, where was it? Oh yeah. So this is happening. Um, and she's trying to find out, okay, for sure. Now she knows that this is involved. There is this, um, guy named Grant Edwards and he's like, a, like a, defense lawyer or whatever 
And his son, Mike, is on the team of their hockey team. She doesn't play anymore, but she goes and she watches her brother. Um, And she's like, okay, this guy maybe has, like, information on, like, helping maybe drug people or, like, some like something Same or another. Thing. So they're doing, like, a little party or get-together at their friend Mike's house. And she's like, okay, at one point, I'm going to go upstairs and I'm going to take pictures of, I think, his his dad's office. And so she does it. Like, she almost gets caught. Mike kisses her. She's like, ooh, I don't like you. And she sees a side of him that's kind of like a jerk. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, it's just a, like a kid, a guy who just got rejected. Of course, he's going to be a jerk. Well, later on, um, as she's investigating and she's getting more into kind of figuring, like, she's, okay, somebody from our community. It's nobody from the outside. Somebody from our community is the person dealing drugs. Um... She, uh, they're at like a gala and she's dancing and she does go with Jamie. Um, and, and I'm kind of skipping parts, Judith, but I just want to let you know, because this is like, it's major trigger warning coming up. Um, Mike's dad, Edward Grant or Grant Edwards, whatever, comes up to her. He's like, I need to talk to you. So she goes aside and he's like, I need to show you footage because I have you. I have videotape evidence of you sneaking into my house, like you sneaking in my office and taking pictures. And she's like, oh, shit. So she follows him. And I, I liked this part because eventually we talk about where you should never like victim shame in the sense of like, why didn't you run? Why did you follow him? Like, why would you follow a man to a, a, in a, a room to a room? Um, and basically what this guy does is he takes her there and he rapes her. And she, in that scene, she explains like she does nothing, right? He like throws her and he start he sexually assaults her and she just walks out and she fixes her hair and she's like, everything is fine. And she continues throughout her day. And I really like that in the book. She like, it, it, it just shows that even though she didn't react and wasn't like, screaming because i think her brother eventually does tell her like well why weren't you screaming well why did you follow him like that's your fault it's like no 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 like everybody stop i was like reading this and i was like first of all why would he do that we gotta we gotta talk about the guy yeah not about her response to being sexually assaulted and so i really enjoyed that that was like it was put in there but in a subtle way because it's like i hope everybody and consensus like starts to become aware of how we view those type of situations. situations. <sighs> it was really sad. It was. Um, but I really do like how she stood up for herself. Yeah. And was like, no, fuck you. And, and I'll come back to it later. Cause there's some other stuff that mm-hmm. happens with that. But so then she starts to think her brother's involved. Um, and she goes to his house because there's like these bank statements she's getting and in those bank statements, her her brother's like getting large amounts of money, like ten thousand. They have like a joint account, so she's seeing like ten thousand come in, and she's like, "What the heck? What is he doing? We don't get this much money." Mm-hmm. Um, and so then it, it turns out because she like goes to his house and like uh, tries to snoop, like find evidence, and she does. Then his mom drugs and kidnaps her. There's so much going on. Jamie is also missing because they're both being kidnapped um, and they're in love and they're in this trailer and they're like, I love you. <laughs> and Judith's like rolling her eyes. 
No, one of the sad parts is um, when they're looking for them because like they're missing for like what four days, I think. I, I would. It was like two days, like a day, something like that. But like she has a mom and a grandma who like she has a routine and stuff. Yeah, like she picks her up, she yeah. takes her there. And when they went to the cops and were like, "Hey, she's missing," they're like, "She just ran away with her boyfriend." Yeah, like, fuck you. Yes, fuck you. That's very true. That's very true. And sadly, that happens to a lot of young women by young i mean like still in their 20s it's still in their teens in their teens they're like oh babies they ran away it's like like, especially when the mother's like i know my daughter and she would not run away they're still like well give her some time time. but you know that the first like what 48 hours are are essential to find somebody who's missing and i'm just like uh those two things like contradict each Each other other. so yeah yeah like i get it you don't want to go on a manhunt but then also like Believe the parent when they're like, no, my daughter would never. And this is like, I want to say why a lot of uh, kid- kidnappers get away with it. Because yeah. they know, oh, nobody's going to come find you. We can For get away least, with things. At least 48 hours, 24, 48 hours. Right. Bullshit. <sighs> I know, I know, I know. Um. So then through like being kidnapped, she finds out that the drug ring is operated by her half-brother, Levi. Edward, uh, not Edward, Mike, the rapist son, um, and another kid, I can't remember his name, he eventually helps, um, what's his name, Jamie, like, he, un, un, what is it, like, unclasps his, when he's kidnapped, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, guys, <laughs> um, and then coach, the coach of their hockey I know. thing was also involved, um and like while she's trying to escape what i really really liked was that the elders come together to help her like that levi's trying to basically move transport her from somewhere to a different area because they want her to make meth and because she's she's like she's a really good chemist or they're like she's gonna make it better and we're gonna be like continue to run this operation Mm -hmm. and so he's like transporting her from where they were kidnapped in that trailer trailer to like the meth lab i'm assuming and, um, like, I think she's saying help me or something through the window. And the elders already know that she's been missing because her mom and her aunt, everybody's like, we can't find her. So all the, like, o- elders, like, stop their cars in front of him and don't move so that they give her enough time to, like, open the door and book it. And get into one of the elders' cars. Yeah. And I was like, yes. And then the, I thought it was so cute because the old ladies are like, yeah, we learned how to group chat through texting. <laughs> That was so cute. Um, uh, That's another factor that they talked about, which I really liked how they said like, oh, about their elders mm -hmm. and how valuable they are to their community. Yes. She did like a little monologue about that. And I thought it was really good. Um, So then. okay, so then, yes. And then Ron is able to come get them and blah, blah, blah. So here we go. The crimes against Dunas. so everybody faces crimes but the crimes against Duna so like her getting sexually assaulted by Grant um the are not charged and that is because she is an official tribal member now and the crimes occurred on tribal land and I believe Grant is not from the tribal community it so it's like the feds can't help her like uh go through with that and so Technically, she nothing get nothing happens against her. 
And then um, Mike escaped. And then um, Co- the coach Bobby gets a plea deal. So he he gets to like bargain. Um, and then they're at the end, they find out that the the meth ring was responsible for Heather's death. So like there's some good things, but then again, it sheds light on how laws are different for tribal communities. And so um, I think in the beginning we learn that they do, maybe you remember like a cloth ceremony or something like that, I, where they go into the forest and basically they do like a little ritual to kind of... Beat um, the shit out of someone? Yeah, because of whoever like, uh, was it was it just for sexual assault? I think so. Like if, you know, I say, hey, uncle, so-and-so like, like touched me or whatever, they like go beat the shit out of him <laughs> in the forest. And I think she had her, her own little version of that. Obviously the guy was not there. Um, and then it, it, it kind of there now to Jamie and hers relationship, which I really, really liked this, the end of this relationship because he's like, I love you and I want to be with you. Tell me what you want to do and I'll be there and I'll support you. And she basically does a very mature thing for her age and says, no, no, you need to work on yourself and find yourself and do you. And I need to find myself and do me and figure out what I am, who I am, what I want to be. Because she's young. She's 18, 19. And and later on, we'll just see if our lives cross back together. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's so mature because it's true. It's like. They say two whole people that have worked on themselves are going to have a much better relationship being together. Yeah. Than two people who are still trying to figure it out. Because then it works for some people. I will say like Alex and I grew up together like we were young when we got together. So it works for some people. And for some people, it can it it's just becomes like a A burden, not a burden. But sometimes like like an unhealthy relationship because you're expecting your partner to be kind of like your therapist or you're dependent it becomes too yeah dependent. codependent too yeah. if you have two people so I, I really enjoyed that she ended their relationship on that note i thought it was I did very too. mature i was like yes um judith was like i didn't like the relationship from the beginning <laughs> i just thought it was weird i just felt like he was older and like he I, he it just seemed like he didn't care and I could get it. He was on a mission. I don't. I I will say it was like a very rushed relationship because there was like no character development. I think to him, no. really. So yeah, I get that. I think that was her whole point. Like she was like, "Hey, bra, um, grow the fuck up." Yeah, that's funny. I like it. Um, okay, and that's like pretty much the gist of the story. Yeah, There's, and then she goes to college in Hawaii to study yes. um, herbology. Yeah. I feel like that's something like from Harry Potter. <laughs> but yeah, to practice like uh, because she said that um, a lot of the classes in Hawaii still practice like, you know, modern medicine, but also like, you know, traditional medicine. Mm-hmm. I was like, that's awesome. Okay. Yes, I, I really like that, too. Okay. So now I just want to mention some things. Um. There was talk about little men. I thought right? the same thing. Right? Yeah. Because it like was a, like... I was like, I knew it. I knew I'm not I, crazy. I, 
I don't maybe it was mentioned in the story, but I don't remember how it connected to what was happening. They were all um, hallucinating little men, but it could have how I got it was like maybe it's like something that subconsciously they're like the little men were chasing them because they weren't happy that they were taking from the land to abuse drugs. Ah, and because I then she does ask her grandmother about it and i think her grandmother does tell her something kind of like um like a folklore about it Mm -hmm. and then i think i just missed it like what the connection was but that makes sense yeah they were uh, she was just saying like because she's like oh like have you heard anything like bad about them Mm -hmm. and she asked one of the elders Mm -hmm. um that apparently was kind of taken with taken with the little men right but they protected him because he was um out playing and it got dark and he was cold and then the little people little men took him somewhere to be safe because he was lost for three days and when the dad found him because like he's like yeah i went under the forest and under this and under that Mm -hmm. but then i heard my dad calling me and then i walked to him and he's like and it had been three days like for him it had been a couple of minutes. Yeah. But it had been three days for him. He's like, and that's why we always leave little treats for the little men. Right. Because they protect us. Yeah. So like in a sense, it could, I was looking at it as maybe, maybe it is real that they did see these little men mm-hmm. like through these drugs and like, because like, like Duendes. Yeah. That's what um, I was thinking of. I was like. They say that adults can't see them. So technically these kids are almost adult like uh-huh. so maybe they don't see him but maybe when they take the drugs they're seeing them and now they're pissed because they're abusing the land right so yeah yeah i, fucking I knew it man when does exist i know i saw it and i again i just like how the same kind of like mythical creature you can say is like seen in different cultures and so then it makes it sound like is it real it is real because <laughs> now you have more evidence and more account of different people telling you stories about them and experiences yeah yeah Yeah, because she even says like yeah they just like they like to do a lot of mischief like oh you stack something and now it's unstacked Mm -hmm. there was a little man you did this you put your keys there but now they're over there that was the little man yeah Yeah. so i really like that i was like oh i gotta tell i gotta yeah me too when i um and then when he the man told the story i was like fuck i was like that's funny like not funny but like that's crazy because yeah how else can like I'm pretty sure there's another way he could have explained what happened to him but like to like say like oh like you know they were my friends and they were helping me and you know yeah I was okay I was like oh my god what the fuck (laughs) yeah that was really good um okay I think there was something else but I forgot if I remember I'll come back to it so now I want to mention a couple things one uh, this is has been adapted to be a Netflix series. Oh, really? Yes, by the Obama's Higher Productions, Higher Ground Productions Company. Nice. They work with like Netflix, and they're working with um, the author. It's like very early in the stages of like de- like but development. But the author is involved in the production. Yes. that's awesome. And I have an author's quote by um, Angeline Bowley. She says, I made it very clear to every potential partner that I spoke with that it was important for me that there's a native talent not only in front of the camera, but behind the camera, in the writer's room, and at every stage of production. They were completely on board all the way and already had ideas about it. So I'm excited. I'm excited, too. Because I'm like, 
this is what we need. We mean we need more like shows. And I mean, she's saying like that they're fully represented. So I'm excited. I'm excited too. And then, then I was like on a rabbit hole. So then I went to like, ooh, what is higher the Obama's Higher Ground Productions? And their main goal is um, to produce films um, that lift up diverse voices in the entertainment industry. So Michelle Obama quoted state saying, I have always believed in the power of storytelling to inspire us, to make us think differently about the world around us and to help us open our minds and hearts to others. And I was like, oh my gosh. Oh yeah, that's what... Um one of the practices is like, you know, for a long time, like indigenous people, you know, native from, you know, the United States and Mexico, like what was their form form of, you know, passing on the stories through storytelling. Right. So, um, I don't know. I was, I'm more, I'm curious. I, I, I'm not, I haven't checked it out. I mean, I could look real quick, but I'm not going to waste our time to see like what other, what have, what has come out of higher ground productions because, if that's their goal, then I'm interested in watching what they're putting out so that it can continue. Because I feel like if we don't watch it, then, I mean, you know, I mean, yeah. it's the Obamas. It'll probably continue. But, you know. And then I, the reason I, like, found this book was because it's on Reese's Book Club, Firekeeper's Daughter. So I thought that was interesting, too. Yeah. Um, it was an interesting book. It was a good book. So that's Firekeeper's, The Firekeeper's Daughter by... um Angeline Bowie. And just know we skipped through a lot. Yeah, because it, oh, I know the other thing I want to talk about is the dream concept. She has a lot of dreams too. Yeah. And they're all like um, the main character, Dula, Dulis, Dula, she has a lot of dreams. And it, it just reminded me that it's like something that happens in every book. So we've had it in um, the last book we read, The Moon Crested. Um, snow, snow. The book before that, um, it's in Stephen Graham Jones's books. So I think the dream aspect is a big part of, as we know from their community and storytelling. So I think, again, it was very interesting. <sighs> what made me laugh was when she was talking to one of the girls, one of the boys' girlfriend, the like hockey player girlfriend, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I made you a tattoo," and then she was like. A dream catcher. Oh, yeah. She goes, yeah, like, I think they're sexy. And then she goes, like, in her mind, she goes, yeah, like, that's you guys hyper-sexualizing us Native Mm -hmm. Americans. And she goes, it's totally okay because, like, I'm part Indian. My grandma was an Indian princess. Yeah. I was like, yeah. And there's always a joke about that. Like, people, I don't know, like, I'm on... (laughs) I'm on Native American TikTok. Uh-huh. Um, and they're always making jokes like, oh, um, like, she goes, you know, they're, she's like, it's always funny to us when they're like, yeah, my grandma was an Indian princess. I'm just like, yeah. I'm just like, no. <laughs> um, and I just, you just reminded me also in the book, there's a lot of topic talk on residential schools too. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. yeah. I'm wanting to say that like, um, I think since last year, I think we mentioned Mm -hmm. it, that the first residential school uncovered 13 children. Mm -hmm. Ever since then, it's been, I want to say, like, in, like, the hundred thousands of children found. Not only in Canada, but here in the United States as well. And that 
Yeah. No, it's really, really, Piss, really bad. Pisses me off. And I've seen a lot of like, um, you know, members of the Native American community, like, you know, dedicating dances and, you know, citing petitions like you guys need to re- underground all of these um, schools and uncover all of these children. Yeah. And they're unmarked graveyards so like because you could did, literally be walking you don't even know like because they didn't want to get caught yeah so there's this really good um if you want more information on that out. i mean there's information everywhere and i'm pretty sure there's a lot of like native american um influencers that are that can have like links and everything but i will say um if you want a quick recap there's this thing called um dark history by bailey sarian and she has a podcast, but you can also watch it on her YouTube. It's called Secrets Buried in Unmarked Graves Residential Schools. And she goes way back to the first man that was like, oh, we need to start this. So it, it's like, it's kind of long. It's like a the episode is just as long as ours. It's like 40, 50 minutes. Um, but you can watch it on YouTube that's Dark History by Bailey Sarian, and, or you can listen to her podcast, and it explains it really well. And I thought it, I thought I found that very educational. And then from there, you are more than welcome to continue and doing your own research because it's, uh, it's, it's really sad. It really is. Like when you're when I was watching her thing, like the, it was. It's basically like a little history lesson, and I was like, why don't they teach this? Yeah, this is the stuff that we should be taught. Well, that's the thing too. Um, it's um, critical race theory. Yeah, which right now the country is fighting for to put input into the schools, but places uh, like Texas already banned it. I know. Um, and I hope you know with mm-hmm. the career path that we are pursuing, mm-hmm. it does give us an opportunity to push these kind of policies into school systems mm-hmm. because. Critical race theory is just one of those things that we need. Yeah, it, it, they teach it in college, which we've taken. But I feel but, like it needs to start from like so middle far? school. Yeah, it, it's like the thing with the second language. Like, why mm-hmm. do we teach kids at such an old age when like, like scientifically, like their minds can't really process mm-hmm. it? Um, I did find um, the number. I think it's been the recent. This is dated in August first 2021 so this is pretty this recent year, yeah. more than 1300 unmarked graves in the sites of four former residential schools so that's just four yeah and they've i've um and there's 200 and something schools that they still need to go over yeah so imagine that's just four schools mm-hmm. and they still have hundreds of more to go to yeah and that's just in canada and there's there what I was um through that YouTube that I highly recommend. She goes and she talks about how like there's people that you know how we say we're first generation college students. There's in their community they say I'm first generation not to go to a residential school. Like when Be- I heard that chills because it it's that not, means it's so recent. It's so recent. It most definitely is so recent because I think her her aunt. Lily's mom right mentions taken. it in the book yeah and that's not that far like what Lily and her were what 18 her mom was let's say 40 so 20 years ago? yeah 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 no like I can't that's it's just crazy I think I 
again through that video i learned i think the they closed them in like 1997 yeah which is like ridiculous i was born in 94 yeah do the math Uh, (laughs) (laughs) like ridiculous it's 100 percent ridiculous like i i can't fathom what those poor poor children had to endure there's survivor stories out there Of, of course they are yeah and they were basically experimented on and i was looking at um this youtube series i forgot what it was called i'm so sorry but basically they are survivor stories of these indigenous women and men who are now in their 40s 50s mm-hmm. who are like yeah i was taken away from my tribe and adopted into a white family mm-hmm. and they told me that i'm so lucky to be here and not at a residential school and that they're gonna mold me into being a, a person of society mm-hmm. and i'm just like no 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 like yeah like how how do you take someone's culture someone's like I don't want to say identity, but you know, a culture is part of your identity. Yeah. To just erase it, eradicate it, mm-hmm. and it's been going on ever since they've been colonized. Yeah, you know, we were colonized as well. It's um one of the <sighs> heat, most heated topics I have. No. It just this just got really sad, and I apologize. But it's it's something that you we know, need to talk about most definitely. And like it, I for me, it's so sad that it's taken me. 26 years of the of my life to finally figure it like find about like relearn about this yeah like myself like that's i think is ridiculous because it's part of our history like right. our, uh, not just like our cultural history but you know we we are american citizens mm-hmm. and like why is it that we can't learn that yeah in schools yeah critical race theory if you guys have that in your ballot anywhere you know vote yes <laughs> yeah no it's such an important topic i yeah yeah i agree it should be we shouldn't have learned it in in college we should have learned that in like high school because it creates empathy it does and it creates kind of and in high school already you already have kids who already kind of are figuring out who they are Mm -hmm. like why can't we teach them like hey this should happen Mm -hmm. and it shouldn't happen again because you guys are technically the future right like you guys are the ones who are going to be you know up there continuing these you know, very white traditions of mm-hmm. like, you know, this way and that way. But then again, you're not everyone is that. Everyone's yeah. different. And we're back. So we're gonna we're going into what book we're gonna do next week. So Judith, do you have the book with you? What we're doing next week? We're gonna be doing The Maiden. Yes. Maidens by Alex. <laughs> you got this. Micheladas. <laughs> <laughs> What's his last name? Mi- Mi- uh, Michaelitz? 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 Michaelitis? No. <laughs> <laughs> I like mine. <laughs> uh, Alex Michelada. <laughs> the author of The Silent Patient. <laughs> We're excited because we liked The Silent Patient. Yes, and this is one of his newer books, and it's been on, on my list, on like my hold. <laughs> For a long time. It actually took us a long time to receive this Yeah, because it's really new. So I feel like a lot of people are like reading it. That's fine. Now it's our turn. Boop, boop. Yeah. So we're going to do that book. Um, But then we were talking about a Christmas book or like something in December. And last year we did not do anything. We just kept business as usual. What did we read? I don't remember. We read books. Um, But. No, we're not doing Harry Potter. 
I want. I was thinking about that. No. Because okay, because like this is what happened. I had walked in. <laughs> it turned off. What? My microphone. Oh, no, I think no, it didn't. Oh, it's my headphones. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, I can hear you, so keep okay. going. It like freaked me out. You know, like when you had like those old headphones and you move them at a certain way and like they stop working. Oh, uh-huh. there it is. You're good. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Keeps on cutting off and off. I mean, I can hear you, so okay. You can so keep as long going. as you can hear me. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I walked in and she goes, "Oh yeah." I I was like, "Oh, like you decorated for Christmas?" She goes, "Yeah, I watched all the Harry Potter movies." And Not was, all of them. She That's, watched that all of like, them. I got up to like I'm on number three. She's like on the last one. <laughs> and that I would was, be like three days. And I was like, "Oh," I was like, "That's not a Christmas movie." She goes, "They have Christmas in all the scenes." It it's for me. Harry Potter is a it's like a like a November December movie. You know what's a Christmas movie? Which one? Batman. Why? Be- the one with the penguin? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, because it happens during Christmas. Okay, I'll have that's to give. Th- I'll give that a try. That's my Christmas uh, tradition. Watch Batman. I'll watch it then. I'll watch and, it this year. The one with Michelle Pfeiffer. Uh huh. The witch. Oh yeah 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 yeah. It happens during Christmas. Oh, I'll, I'll give it a try. The lady falls on. Send me a list. And the, I'll watch it. The lady falls onto the Christmas tree and dies. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. Um, oh, you know what's another Christmas? A good one? Uh, Narnia. I did not like uh, Narnia. Judith! I did not like Narnia. I love Narnia. I, nope. as a grown adult, nope. I think it was last year I did it. I will, and you I've done in it closet? in the years before. Yes, of course. <laughs> and I go to Narnia and then come back. No, I watch all the Narnia movies. Like I go all the way to the the Caspian Prince or whatever his name is. Um, I love Narnia movies. No, shoot it. That is no. that is classic. No, I've tried it and no. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love the feeling. Just the, the scenes. I guess. And I like Harry Potter during this time. And I like nerd. Um. I mean, last year we tried doing Star Wars, like all the Star Wars movies. Ah, that's a lot. That is a lot. I think uh, we didn't make it to any of the new ones. So we saw all the other six. I think you did tell me, like, we made it past six and that was it. Yeah. Um, So I don't know. It's hard because, like, I don't know any Christmas books. Oh, me neither. I guess we'd have to do our research. Yeah. And then come back with something... I would want to do something newer. I don't think I want to do anything older. As we can tell, we're not fan of the class. I mean, we are fan of the classics, but which one? Oh, Harry Potter. <laughs> Harry Potter is a classic now. Twilight. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> hey, Twilight. I would also t- consider Twilight more like an October, November read. Yeah. Like I like. I think because they're cold in all of the in all these movies, that makes it like <laughs> time to read it. Like Harry Potter because it's in. England? I don't know. We're, yeah. No, it's in Hogwarts. <laughs> <laughs> and and in Hogwarts, it's like cold even when it's like spring that I feel like it's, that's why you read it. You read it or you watch them in December. But if it's cold all the time, wouldn't it be an all time thing? No, because here in California, it's not, I'm not going to watch Harry Potter in the summer when I'm like melting. Why not? Maybe I'll make you cold. <laughs> <laughs> that's not the feeling it gives me, Judith. Um, Maybe that's where I fucked up. I watched them all in the summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta watch true, them true. in the December. <laughs> I'm thinking 
that like as far as classics, there's a couple that I like their plays. And like I also like uh some like I do like Jane Eyre and some like Jane Austen. So I feel like maybe one day I'll have you read those. Okay. And it'll know. be fun. But for, for Christmas, we're gonna have to do our research because I don't know. I don't know I don't, Christmas, know. I don't know holiday book. I don't yeah. I like the holiday with Cameron Diaz and Kate Winslet. Is that a movie? Yeah. Judith. I'm just a ball of disappointment today. It's okay. No, you're not. It's um, that one's a classic. It's on Netflix. You should watch it. If you're into like a like a little lovey dovey movie. Judith. I sometimes I, I'm I'm more into like lovey dovey musicals. Oh, that's that, that's good. That's too. my thing. I don't know a Christmas one though. Wait. I don't huh? know a Christmas one. A Christmas Carol? Mm. I don't know, mm. the Nutcracker. Oh, maybe. That's a ballet, right? Yeah. All right. So we, I mean, if if you guys have suggestions on any like holiday, holiday. books, it doesn't have to be Christmas. It doesn't. Um, we will we will look it up and see if we and can if read we it. Don't find anything? Fuck it. We're gonna read horror stories. Yeah. <laughs> Murder. Murder. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, well, we hope you enjoyed today's episode. And we will see you next time. Catch you next time. Bye. Bye.